Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 163. And away. Wait. Go. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more breaker. Straight plan into war. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Join Mark Schwann. Mark, how you doing? What's up, man? Not bad. How you been? How you feeling? How was your week? Uh, my week was great. My week was uh, pretty strong, man. How was yours? I mean, hell, you took the week off. Yeah, it was long. I had a long week. And, and why was that again? Remind me. I don't see a little show called The Avengers. A uh, show called The Avengers? You, you I mean don't know if anybody saw it. You mean the epic movie? The indie scene? <laughs> <laughs> a little indie movie. But I had a busy weekend, so I should have took off two weeks in a row, but I can't because I'm dedicated to you listeners on the show. So here I am. Oh, should, should we just like bow down to you, putty? Like, oh, yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm waiting for it. Thank you for not taking another week off. I mean, you could do it. You could have done it. I, I don't have a tech guy. I'm not a tech guy. You're Hollywood. I'm Hollywood. You make one phone call. I mean, I could if I wanted to. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. Nice determination. <laughs> Honestly, I had I had wedding shit to do too, so I'm I'm actually kind of glad the wedding the uh, the week was off. You sound like a broken record every week. What do you do? Uh, wedding shit. I have wedding stuff. Yeah, well, thank you for calling me out on that because it's true. Week in and week out. I mean, how how hard is it to plan a wedding? You know what? I can't wait till the day it happens for you because. Well, or watch. You wound up eloping for all I know. I mean, Joe Jonas did it. Yeah, I mean, with Sansa Stark. So if he could do it, I could do it. Kudos. Kudos to them. I wish. Speaking of getting married, I remember one drunken night, my friend was talking about maybe me officiating their wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I got home that night, I signed up to be an ordained minister online. Did you now? Okay. And they just sent me an email today saying, congratulations on your nine-month anniversary. Oh, look at that. Totally forgot about it. <laughs> so if you guys want Michael J. Puggy to officiate your wedding... Inbox at showwrestling.com or hit me up at Michael J. Putty. You should do like a contest online and oh, yes. whoever gets it right or whatever, you get to officiate their wedding. We'll send it to our legal team. We'll make this happen. Yeah. Get married with Michael J. Putty. I mean, I'd be game if I didn't already have someone marrying me. Who? Who? It's a childhood friend of mine. Lame. I know. I have a lot of childhood friends. Yeah, but I'm your best friend. I'm your I, adult friend. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your. That makes it sound creepy. Actually, the fact that I have like child friends. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on real quick before the cops get called. <laughs> whoop whoop! <laughs> this week's wrestling replay: Money in the Bank, July seventeenth, two thousand eleven, from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, the site of my very first WrestleMania, WrestleMania twenty two. For a crowd of fourteen thousand, I always got to throw that in there somewhere. Yeah, you always do. Fourteen thousand eight hundred and fifteen. Dana O'Brien defeated Cody Rhodes, Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, Kane, Sin Cara, Sheamus, my man Wade Barrett. Sheamus? To win the SmackDown Money in the Bank ladder match for a World Heavyweight Championship contract in 24 minutes, 27 seconds. Kelly Kelly defeated Brie Bella to retain the Divas Championship. Oh my God, Kelly Kelly. Four minutes, 54 seconds. Give Divas a chance. <laughs> Mark Henry defeated the Big Show in six minutes even. Alberto Del... Oh my Del... God, stop. 
Rio. Ah, okay. Defeated Alex Riley, Evan Bourne, Jack Swagger, Kofi Kingston, The Miz, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio to win the Raw Money in the Bank ladder match for a WWE Championship contract in 15 minutes, 54 seconds. My man Christian defeated Randy Orton in 12 minutes, 20 seconds to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. And in your main event, CM Punk defeated John Cena to win the WWE Championship in 33 minutes, 44 seconds. One of the most iconic Money in the Bank. I was talking, to, I was talking to someone today, and uh, he was saying that that match between John Cena and CM Punk is his favorite match of all time. Really? Yeah. It got high praise from uh, critics, but I don't remember being that great. It, you know what? I was like, really thinking about it, and I was like, you know, wow, kudos to you for choosing that match as your favorite match, because that was a damn good match, but he was telling me why. It's because the whole storyline behind it was just so unique, and it was really cool how they did it, and honestly, it doesn't get a lot of praise for the build-up and everything, and the match itself was very solid. And what happened was like unexpected. I don't think any of us really thought CM Punk was going to win. That was pretty cool. My little curveball, right? And then uh, you know Vince McMahon's calling for Alberto Del Rio to come out to cash yes, in. in. Like it's like holy shit! Is this like the Montreal Screwjob all over again? And CM yeah. Punk kissing CM Punk, uh, CM Punk kissing Vince McMahon goodbye. Mm-hmm. Pretty much kissing the WWE goodbye. It was really cool. It, I don't know if it's. I mean, it's, it hasn't happened before, but I don't necessarily know if it's going to ever happen again. I don't think so. I was actually thinking, and I was saying this to this guy too. Um, I remember thinking that you know they were just going to they were going to do something similar with Dean Ambrose. A lot of people did. Yeah, it, it just seemed like off, like in how WWE was handling like his uh, potential release or his contract expiring, whatever you want to call it, and. It was like unprecedented for like the things that WWE were saying with like their statements and how they were treating Dean Ambrose because usually like they bury whoever's contract is expiring, but they didn't really do that with Dean Ambrose. Not too much. So I was in like, a proper send off. Yeah, and they were like doing like some like weird things between him and Triple H and whatnot. I was like, oh my god, are we? Uh, is this gonna be like a CM Punk type of thing? Like that would be cool. That could fit his character, but no, <laughs> he's John Moxley now. Yeah, it's funny that people think that John Moxley now coming to the WWE. Right, I'm hearing that too. I mean, it was. A, did you see the promo? Yeah, it's pretty badass. It, it was really badass with the, like, the barbed wire and shit. I can understand why people might say that because of the production value and everything. But let's face the facts. I mean, Dan, Dean Ambrose, he's got money. Yeah, he, he reportedly does well with his money too. Yeah, it, you know, he he lives a frugal lifestyle. And what's the difference? What's the difference between Dean Ambrose and John Moxley? I feel like John Moxley is more of a badass. Okay, I wouldn't know, but okay, like John John Moxley. I mean. You CZW fans, let us know inbox at shadowwrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005. I would say Dean Ambrose is a watered-down version of John Moxley. A PG version, would you say? Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're trying to find a pay-per-view to watch tonight because I just covered this one not too long ago, I feel like. But before you came on board, so now we'll get your point of view because this is the most iconic. When you think Bunny in the Bank, you think of this one in 2011. Yeah, I was really trying to think of another one that could top that one. And Nothing stands out. Um... You know the women's one, Carmella one, that was yeah, but yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, the that was chinless wonder, like kind of took the luster away from that. But I understood why it happened, though. Like I know it got a lot of shit because it's the first woman women's money in the bank. Yeah, that makes and, sense. But, but it's entertainment value, and Carmella was like the anti women's WWE superstar. She was the she was like a diva, mm. you know. And I feel like that gave her like a, so much more heat. I go. I got it. I understood it. Why they did it, and I thought it was interesting. That makes sense. Um, but a lot of people obviously bashed it, and obviously they had a second one uh, that next yeah. night SmackDown, yeah. 
or two nights. But I heard that was planned. It wasn't a reaction from the crowd's reaction. It was a... Oh, really? They were planning on doing that, yeah. Well, anyway, Carmelo won again. Yeah. She's, she's F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. I always have to do the same thing. <laughs> I have to double check myself. <laughs> Carmelo is so good, man. I actually... I, I hope she wins it again. I love her character. Her characters, she's portrayed over the years. Uh, she's got great mic work. She gets marketing. She's got a fantastic look. And, you know, she's so underutilized in the ring, I feel like. I feel like she's got Absolutely. so much more to offer. Now she's being dummy down by being R-Truth's... Like, I, I, I want to say double, uh, dummy, dummy down. I think it offers something to Carmella and offers something to R-Truth. Like, they're, they're, they're the little tandem they have together. It, it, it works. It works. Cause it kind of gives her a rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. No, it, it definitely does. It, it, she does very well with any role that she, that she plays. I honestly, I love Alexa Bliss. I love the fact that she's in there. But uh, now we have Dana Brooke in there as well. Replace, Dana Brooke, yeah, replaces uh, Sasha Banks. Replacing Sasha Banks, which I fucking love because I started uh, Dana Brooke chant at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> love you, Dana. As you can tell, we're over the weekend that was Avengers and Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. What a weekend. I mean, you're not a Game of Thrones fan, but... No. Yeah, the Avengers Endgame. You had Game of Thrones Battle at Winterfell. We also had the NFL draft that we missed, too. We did miss that. We'll get into that later. And now we are... Not only are we nerds recovering from that... Whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> recovering from that weekend of Avengers Endgame of Thrones. But uh, as we're getting over, we find out Chewbacca passed away. Oh, my God. I know. Right before May 4th. I know. So May the 4th be with him. It's sad. <laughs> Oh, God, never do that again, oh, please. That's pretty good. That's one, the best one I've ever done in my Oof. life. Oh, that's on tape. God. Yes. Nailed it. Let's hear you do it. <laughs> Much better. Okay. <laughs> Stay corrected. <laughs> I bow to you, sir. <laughs> but what do you think of that Avengers Endgame? I fucking loved it. Before wow. we get into it. Okay. We are going to say some spoilers. By the time you guys listen to the show, the official ban will have been lifted. But if you don't want to hear anything about it, fast forward maybe like 10 minutes. Five, ten minutes. Check back in five minutes. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. But <laughs> Five minutes. We're still talking! <laughs> we'll just, uh, just fast forward for the next couple of minutes. I'll just talk about Avengers Endgame. So go ahead. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm not ashamed. I cried. I cried at the end. Really? I did. Okay. I, I, how did you not? I don't know. You're not, you're not a Marvel fan. I'm not a diehard Marvel fan, no. But it was a good movie. Dude, like, what was it, 10 years? We, we grew up, what? 11 years, yeah. We, we, we grew 11 years ago today. 11 years, yeah. So we, we, May 3rd. We've been watching Tony Stark, pretty much. We've been watching Iron Man. Yep. And then he dies. Yeah. And the way he died, too. I mean, his last, his first, the, the way they ended Iron Man 1, I am Iron Man. The way they end him in general, I am Iron Man. Fucking great. And then the, the whole scene with John Favreau and the daughter... The cheeseburger, yeah, and his the hologram scene where he's saying to his daughter, "I love you 3,000, That that did it for me, man. I, really? <laughs> I'm done. I didn't have a daughter yet. I I don't have a daughter. I I don't know if I'll, I'll ever have a daughter or a son. I don't know. Maybe one day, but as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm noticing I'm getting a little bit more uh, sentimental as far as with kids go. Does the engagement affect that? Like once you got engaged, shit's getting real. Maybe I don't know. I, I it, it's weird. I I never wanted kids before. We're wasting time with a 10-minute spoiler window. So let's <laughs> put a pin in that. So when they went into the Soul Stone or Reality Stone, mm-hmm. so they weren't dead for five years. They were still alive. They were just like... In limbo. In limbo, I they guess. Dead. No, no one's ever like saying what happened to them if they were dead or alive, but they were like gone. 
they're not dead. They're not dead. Which means Thanos is not dead. Man can still come back. No, he's dead now. How's he dead? The other guys weren't dead. But who's going to bring him back? Somebody? His daughter? No, the daughter won't. Who would want to bring back the guy who he just lived Who saved the universe? Who? I mean, I kind of view it the way you do. Thank you. He's a hero. <laughs> I kind of, I've been like thinking about this. Like, you know, Thanos is kind of right. Like, anything that bad happens throughout the day, it's like, oh, God, Thanos is so right. Yeah, man. <laughs> this world needs to yeah. reset itself. I'm sure you were feeling that way as he came up to Yonkers. Like, oh, my Big God. time, yeah. Big time. I, if Fuck Thanos just... <laughs> going to work, living at my boss. Yeah, but coworkers, yeah. But what if like the people you you like you hated still stayed and like everyone you loved is gone? That would be your luck, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if it was for bad luck, I wouldn't have luck at all. <laughs> so they were gone for five years, right? Five years, yeah. And they come back with you see the yellow background when they come through the portal, so they were in that mm-hmm. stone or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They were already calmed up. You're, you notice that? They were already talking to each other through the headsets. Yeah. How? Don't question this shit. It's, How do they know what frequency to be there on? How do they even have headsets? It's Robert Den. If he figured out time travel, I'm sure he could figure that out. No, because he didn't get in communication with them. Listen, you need to stop your shit. I can't help. I find those stupid little things annoying. Oh, my God. And that's why I didn't cry. I was too busy analyzing how, how was Wasp talking to Ant-Man when she hasn't seen him in five years. She was outside when she disappeared. How did she have the suit on as well? Because I'm, I'm sure it was Doctor Strange came over and hey guys suit up there's about to be a war. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, that's how it happened. Spider Man was saying, yeah, Doctor Strange came to me with his whole yellow swirly thing and blah blah blah. Yeah, Spider Man's like a twelve year old boy. He doesn't know what's going on. Spider Man's awesome. Awesome's a strong word. I would never say Spider Man's awesome usually, but like th- this actor Tom Holland, he's doing a really good job with it. So Black Widow has her own movie coming out. Yeah. Okay. So I'm confused about this. And they, one of the writers of the movie or director of the movie said that she is dead. Yeah. The soul. St- you can't recover for somebody from the Soul Stone. Right. So she's dead. She's dead. So the movie, I don't know what's going to happen with the movie. Is it a prequel? If it's a prequel, it makes no sense for it to have a movie. No. Because Black Widow has already been established. Yep. I think it's nonsensical. And then also they're doing a Disney Plus TV show with uh, Vision and. Um, it's Scarlet Witch, but Vision's dead. Yeah, so so I don't get that. Loki's going to have his own TV show. Really? Mm-hmm. That's weird. But like he disappeared with the test. Is it what? Disney Channel? What's that on the Disney Channel? On the on Disney Plus, the streaming uh, streaming is going to be coming out be like, on. Is one of my teenage Loki from high school? Uh, no, you know what I'm thinking is the fact that he, you know, he disappeared with the Tesseract. Am yeah, I saying that right? right? Yeah. He and we don't know really what happens with that. So maybe it has something to do with that? I don't know. I don't know. Because that's an alternate timeline right there. Huh. How, do you think, how do you like the way they ended it with uh, Captain America? I thought it was a great ending for both characters, for uh, for Iron Man and for Captain America. I thought that was well done. I, and, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see. Like, there was a part in there where it seemed like Bucky, uh, Winter Soldier, knew. Like, he already knew what happened. So I, I, I guess Captain America gave him like the heads up or whatever. I don't know. But when he didn't come back, I thought, started thinking, well, he's not, why would he come back? Well, he's like a hundred and something years old. Yeah, now at that point. Oh, you mean in general, why would he come back? Yeah, we come back like five seconds later. Why wouldn't right. he just stay out and right. do it the one he loved? Right. And that, that was a great ending. And I, I like the fact that he gave Captain America over to Anthony Mackie. Yeah, because a friend of mine, I'm not into Marvel, 
told me that there are other, other Captain Americas. They in are. The comic mm-hmm. books. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is a nice way of introducing so maybe Captain America franchise can go on with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Everyone loves Anthony Mackie. This guy's awesome. Anthony Mackie, do you, do, have you followed his career? He's a great actor. Some of his movies, yeah. He's very, he's very funny when you see him on these talk shows. Yeah. He's very funny. He's, he's phenomenal. I've followed his work for a very long time. He's, uh, he's so fucking good. I, I'm pumped for him. And, uh, you know, because, yeah, we didn't really know where he was going to go. I, I think a lot of Marvel fans, they, some of them thought it was going to go to Winter Soldier. It was going to go to... Uh, Bucky, yeah. Yeah, go to Bucky. People were pissed it wasn't. Like, why? I think, I, like, no matter what, people were going to be pissed. Get a life. Yeah. In the theater. Theater. I did hear people audibly crying. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, it was very loud sobs going on in my theater, including me, apparently. But, yeah, that was Avengers Endgame. Don't watch Game of Thrones. I can't really talk about it here. But it was a badass episode. Erwin, the voice of Escobar, good friend of the show, came over and it was awesome. The Night King, the, the, the Dead Army, completely outsmarted the humans, right? They were destroying them. Every, every, every play these guys played backfired on them. So they lost their mightiest warriors within the first five seconds of the battle. Oh, so there, were there like some really cool deaths? Yeah, the, her whole army of these group called the Dothraki. Uh huh. Their flame, their swords get lit up in flames. That's how you kill the dead by putting them on fire. They go into the night. You can't see anything. All you see is their flames get extinguished. Hmm. Because Daenerys and John don't have a game plan. They're horrible warriors. The Night King should have won that. He was what he meant. He lost by technicality. I'm putting in football terms for you. There's a good meme out there. Yeah. <laughs> Who blew a bigger lead? The Night King or the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl against the Patriots? I mean, I I have okay. never watched Game yeah. of Thrones, so I would say Atlanta Falcons. That's the severity of how they blew it. Oh wow, that's bad. Right, let's put it in your. Turn. That's really bad. So there's three episodes left. Let's see what happens. I'm glad how you break it down for me. You know, this this could be a whole separate podcast. <laughs> like a Game of Thrones, like Die Hard, explains to someone that's never seen day, Game of Thrones the day before in their life because that's what just happened. We're done talking about Avengers and Game of Thrones. So nerd talk out. Your boss Eric Jaden, right? Talk about Eric Jaden. He's a man. First came into our lives in episode 69 of A Shot of Wrestling. How apropos. Now, here we are almost 100 episodes later. That's a lot of episodes. He's done us a lot for us. He's gotten us into companies. He's gotten us interviews. He's gotten us into commentary. He has a hotline for love. <laughs> Still waiting. Dial it up. 619-343-3005 with your love advice. Let's catch up with the man himself. You have him on? Let's get him on. A man who is green in skin color. Talk to him. So let's get to catch up with the sexy Zane himself, Eric Jaden. Oh, my ears are open. Let's go. Family, welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, the interviews. If you have not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up. 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on the Shot of Wrestling Hotline. Now we say it's time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is a very special day because today we are blessed, we are honored to have someone that this statement does not ring any truer than the one, the only, the leader of the Deadly Sane Squad, the sexy Sane Black, Eric Jane. Welcome, Ooh. baby, to a shot of wrestling. 
Oh man, it's been a long time, and I mean, I mean, when we talk about long time, last time I was on was episode sixty-nine, huh? Sixty-nine, brother. It's been a while, but people are listening. Go back to episode sixty-nine because that is a different Eric Jaden that we're going to talk to. Uh, Eric Jaden, back then you were the definition of authority and sexiness. Man, you were a chick magnet. Now, you're a force to be reckoned with. You're the sexy, sane black. For those of you who don't know, uh, we are very grateful to have Eric Jaden in A Shot of Wrestling because there's a lot of great things that have come to A Shot of Wrestling because of you, brother. Um, so let me just take this opportunity to thank you for everything you have done for us, for all those times that you have encouraged us, you've been a mentor to us, you've pretty much given us all the advice that we had to be successful, and we can never repay you enough. You are one of the main reasons that we are on year three, as successful as we are, you are one of the main reasons that we have goals that we never had when we started this podcast. And you are one of the main reasons that we have a future in this business. So brother, thank you so much for believing in us. Thank you so much for allowing us also, you know, putting the faith in us as content creators, and you put the trust in us in your character. Also, if you remember a little way back, the sexy hotline, that we had mm -hmm. it was only as successful as it was because of you brother because you gave us the opportunity to have fun with you but you also put a lot of trust in us in your character in being knowing that we were going to be able to take care of you and put you in the best light and you know till this day the sexy hotline if you haven't listened to it is one of our most listened to series of a shot of wrestling oh i love it listen i you know i remember that first time i met you and I remember seeing you particularly, the green man, right, right in the front row. And I remember facing a certain guy, I'm not going to say his name, and you were just rooting and rooting for him. And I'm looking at him, <laughs> who is this green asshole? <laughs> He's like in the front row. And then from there on, I guess we said we just said we touched base. And I started listening to, the, to your show at the time, the podcast with you and Michael J. And I just like something inside of me clicked and said wow this is good this has a lot of potential and i've always been that type of guy that i am not one of these workers who's a snob who only thinks of myself i think of i think of the business as a whole how can we make the business better where can we leave it you know mm -hmm. for the future and then when i saw you guys and i said you know what you're wrestling talent no matter what anybody says you're part of the wrestling business and when i saw all you guys and I did see actual talent that you guys had. I said, let me work with these guys. So they allow me to. And I have to thank you for, you know, trusting me to allow me to work with you and taking my advice. And I was, I was I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful that I was able to bring you to BCW, be the official podcast of BCW. Yeah, that's, it's been a great ride with them so far. Oh, it's been an awesome ride. And Thank you for allowing me to continue to mention you guys and to the commentary stage where now, people, if you need professional commentators, you can contact a shot of wrestling because they'll wild. do your show. <laughs> That's <laughs> wild. I got I to be honest. Uh, I've never, you know, if you told me in, in a million years that, you know, this podcast would get me the opportunity to be on commentary, I would have been like, no, impossible. That's no way. Um, never was any, it was never was a goal of mine. Never thought it was something that I could actually contribute 
and, and actually make it worth something. But um, you put your faith in us and you're like, heck, yeah, you guys could do it, you know. And even Michael J. Putty, who tends to be sometimes the shyer one of us both, mm-hmm. you know, he's excelling at that role oh. with BWF. Yes. So I'm sure yeah. he could also ring in in the sentiment of being gracious to you for giving us that opportunity. And thank you, BWF, BCW, um, FTW, and all the other organizations that we've already done commentary with. This is just the beginning. And uh, with yeah. you, Eric Jaden, by our side, it really will be just the beginning. But, oh, definitely. But this is about you tonight. You know, in episode yes, 69, we got to meet the uh, definition of authority and sexiness. We got to meet the mm-hmm. gimmick of Eric Jaden. And we peeled away a little bit of the, that onion, a little bit of the layers to that onion. But tonight, we want to get real deep into it. We want to get to know Eric Jaden. We want to get to know what's been going on with you because it's been an evolution, brother. Since the episode 69, you have transformed not just yourself, your body, but the people around you. You have also been running in a different circle. So walk with me and let us know how has that transition been from the definition of authority and sexiness to who you are now, the sexy Sane Black, the leader of the Deadly Sane Squad. You know, when I became the definition of, of authority and sexiness, uh, it was a character that uh, that I wanted to really put up on the forefront. And I have to thank BCW owner Anthony Cole for giving me creative freedom to build that character there. And before that, I had to thank uh, legendary action wrestling promoter Frankie Flo, mm-hmm. who gave me a lot of advice. And at the first, he was actually not in favor of the definition of authority sex and my antics and stuff like that. But he gave me a lot of advice and he also, you know, entrusted me and put me in good matches that helped build my confidence. And, uh, and I wanted to, I wanted that character to be entertaining and it was entertaining at times. Um, the whole majority of times it was shocking at the majority of times of stuff that I did, I got pulled, you know, and I, and I, I was able to get away with, uh, I love the character cause I saw it grow. You know, I, you know, and I put a lot of effort into it. I mean, I love it where fans were bringing signs. And you've seen it. Eric yeah. didn't kiss me. <laughs> Eric didn't help me. Eric didn't grab my boom, 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 booms. Whatever it was, it was always a sign at every show. And then it, got, it, it, more, you know, it, it turned from there and evolved where the fans were bringing in thong underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and throwing them into the ring on there. And then we, we, I went through some crazy matches there. And, you know, right. and, and because of, yeah. of this and the fans contributing, you know, that extra element to your character, you know, there were, there were even videos that went viral. You know, when yeah. you humped our, humped our intern, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I saw the video everywhere. Like, you gave him the best night of his life. And he loved it. Oh, to this day, he'll tell you he loved God. it. I think we got like, I don't know, 35K views on that. Yeah. It was, it it's was still growing. Yeah, it, was still, it probably is still growing, but that character was just awesome. And I, I always been, you know, for wrestling since, the, you know, since day one, wrestling's always been to me about the characters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and okay, and we all know that, and I, I'm not going to argue with anybody, there's many different forms of wrestling. You got wrestling out there that's about spots. You have wrestling out there that's just pretty much car crashes. You got wrestling on this, but one thing which is the basic core is you're always going to need a good gimmick. You're always going to need a character. You know, those high-flying moves can only get you so far. Hardcore can only get you so far. At the end of the day, what can you bring to the fans 
that's going to make them come back and see you? What's going to put their assets to seats? What's going to make them spend a 10, 15, 20, $25? And to me, as an entertainer, as a performer, that's very important to me. So I work very hard on my gimmick because I want to entertain. You know, and whether you love me, you hate me, or you want to come back the next month to see me get my ass whipped, that's exactly what I go for. The fans are strict, like, A number one on my list. Okay, yeah. they've always been, you know, and I know I played the sexy asshole and all this other stuff. The fans are always number one. They're my number one priority, and I work very hard in my gimmick, in my outfits, and also, you know, I, I never wanted to go to the stage where I grew stale. I wanted to always be that guy that, you know what I'm saying, that kept evolving. Mm-hmm. So we shift from the definition of the audience sexiness, and we went to the sexy saying. Because that was a saying that I, that that a fan always hashtag. Oh, you're the sexy saying, and I started oh, really? thinking about wow, yeah. Interesting. Actually, the, the definition of authority and sexiness, the name itself, that came from a fan, mm-hmm. and then the hashtag came from a fan, the sexy saying. So I I took that, I owned it, and I ran with it, and I created this persona of the sexy saying. It was just a saying who you know I I grew up where. Pretty much Wonder Woman grew up, okay? Mm-hmm. I grew up with the Amazon women, and I was the only male there, and I was a baby, and they grew me up, and I was good-looking, but I was strong, but I, was, I came from sane blood, and that's how the sexy sane character evolved from there. And then I said to myself, where do I go from here? Well, boom, another idea came up, and then I evolved into the sexy sane black. Now, if you look at both characters, mm-hmm. the sexy sane black, that's a little bit of gyrating, but it's more hard-hitting, a more darker character, a more evil character than I was before when I was gyrating and putting my hands in my pants and kissing girls and guys. Now, are you a fan of the like the Dragon Ball Z reference of Saiyans? Because I got to be honest with you, I, I've never been into that world. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of Dragon Ball Z. I know of it. So when I heard the word Saiyan, I knew where it was derivative from. Since it came from a fan, this this something that you were already engaged with? Or was this something that you did research to then create that character? When I saw the hashtag at first, uh, and being a fan of Dragon Ball Z, I okay. kind of like, you know, yeah, I started to create the character from there. So you were That's already a fan was- of Dragon Ball Yes, I was already a fan of Dragon Ball Z. I've always been a fan of Dragon Ball Z, a huge fan of it, obviously. And then just looking at the characters in Dragon Ball Z, and I said, well, let me, you know, let my imagination run wild. And I said, well, how do you, how can I be a Saiyan? And, you know, how, how, where did I end up? How did I end up on planet Earth? How did I become the sexy Saiyan? And I started to build that story off from there. And, you know, just, I just ran with it. And then I came up with the furry boots. And the fur jackets and the fur was actually my trademark, as mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I have fur, fur, I have fur wrist guards, I have fur everything. And um, I, I was, and I have to say, it, it was a gimmick that was really over a lot. You know, you knew me from that gimmick. A lot of other people knew me from that gimmick. I could still to this day, there's people that come up to me and say, "Hey, I really liked you when you were doing a, the definition of authority." Like, Not that I don't like you now. But I really like when you were doing that. And, you know, are you ever going to bring that back? And I say, hey, you never know. It's wrestling. Mm-hmm. I can evolve from the sexy same block into something else, and that that can come back. Do you see it coming back? Like, do you personally oh, want to go back to that gimmick, or do you enjoy the gimmick that you're playing on now? I, I really enjoy the gimmick I play now because it's allowing me to really challenge myself in in the wrestling ring. Uh, I'm performing at a higher level. I'm yeah. doing a lot more moves. 
I'm more vicious. I enjoy that aspect that of this gimmick right now. Mm-hmm. But I know that this gimmick, just to keep my, you know, again, I always believe, always keep yourself reinventing yourself so you can keep yourself fresh. Because this is a business where you have to keep yourself fresh so you don't go stale. And the next one, basically, from here, will be the Sexy Saiyan Rosé. Oh, that, Shot of yeah, Wrestling exclusive. exclusive. <laughs> You're already <laughs> that is, thinking about what, your next evolution. Yes, I already waited. Yeah, I, I think I was thinking about that the minute I became the Sexy Saiyan Black. <laughs> and uh, we put that, you know, I started putting that together. I said, okay, uh, how do I return back from being a dark guy to now being semi-evil, but now going back to gyrating and being that guy that I was before. And then right now we're playing with the sexy saying Rosé. Yeah, interesting. Other names that you've faced before. Um, it goes beyond like just WWE, also ECW Legends. You had a match with New Jack Sandman and Justin Krebel. Why don't you fill us in a little bit about that? Because... You started to tell me a little bit before the show, and I had to stop you for a moment because you refused to continue this match. And I was like, no, let's save it for the podcast. I don't want to hear it. So right now, I'm very curious. Why did you refuse to continue the match with these ECW legends? Well, fans, if you go look it up, it's in actual YouTube. I think it has like 60 or 70K views on it. I remember being contacted by uh, the promoter of ECPW. And I was booked for a show in Brooklyn, and then uh, we were supposed, I was supposed to face one of the uh, ECW legends. So it, it went back and forth. I heard I was facing New Jack, and I heard I was facing Sandman. Uh, and then I heard it became into a tag. So the day of the show, I show up backstage, and uh, oh, it's, it's turned into a, uh, from a tag match, now it's turned into a three-way I'm like, three-way, who else is going to be there? And they tell me it was just incredible. Okay. I said, okay. So I got there. Uh, New Jack showed up. with said hi to him. He was very cool. You know, uh, you know, he was just actually a very super cool dude in mm-hmm. the back. Very, very nice, you know. Um, and then I saw Sandman come. Uh, then I saw Just Incredible come. And I know uh, at the time, Just Incredible was facing his demons. Uh, and when he showed up to the show, uh, he was just not in good shape. On there, and I am I am all about like like we just spoken before. I'm about entertaining the fans. I'm all about it, but it's you know I want to do it safely. You know what I'm saying? Because I right. still have you know I still I'm still wrestling. I'm you know I I don't you know I don't ever I pride myself that I have never hurt anybody. Yeah. Although I've been hurt before, but I pride myself very very much that I never never hurt somebody that they had to take off wrestling. Because a lot of people do this and make money off this, and this, you know, a lot of people live off this. Right. And you know, we were going through the match, and you know, I noticed Sandman. Well, Sandman, he's always known to come in, and he was drinking, so I noticed he was just Sandman. Okay. And Sandman, you know, even if when I seen him wrestle, you know, EC, NECW, uh-huh. he's always been inebriated. You know what I'm saying? He's mm-hmm. always I could tell he had a few beers. I guess that was the gimmick. My thing that concerned me at the time is that he has that, you know, Singapore cane and he's swinging. It. <laughs> so I said, you know, I refuse to get catch catch that cane in the eye, and then I lose an eye or lose something like that. And right. I said that wasn't me. So we were going through the match, and then some crazy spots were called and this and that. And I know the promoter said, no, 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 we can't do nothing. And I just, I just had this 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 this, this feeling inside that this is not going to go well. And we called it. We called it with Sandman. We called it. And one of my spots was, you know, we were supposed to go in, we work, boom, 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 get bumped around. And so I finally, I leave 
as of work, uh-huh. my my tag team partner's in the ring because I'm like, screw this. I'm the sexy saint. I don't need this shit. Right. And I go. Okay. Okay. Who are your tag team partners, by the way? At the time was a wrestling slugger and a, uh, my old, old partner, uh, Bobby C. DeMero, who's now the simply splendid Bobby C. All right. And um, I wasn't partners with him back then. I, we were already split up. I was all wrestling on my own. I was wrestling as Eric the Draven. definition of ability sexy. Yeah. No, I was actually wrestling as Eric Jaden okay. at the time. Okay. And um, match comes up. Boom, we go out. And it just starts off crazy. Okay. Uh, New Jack's in the ring with the Kane. Sandman's with the signature Kane. And Just Incredible's outside the ring. And I don't know. And he wasn't even supposed to get involved in the match because he was so, you know, he was not in good shape. Okay. And he starts to throw chairs in the ring, but the chairs never make it into the ring. They hit the, you know, he just doesn't even have energy to throw them over. And I'm just, now, mind you, that feeling I had before, it's just getting worse. Right, right. Okay? It's just getting worse. So I'm like, okay, this is. So the match starts, and everything that was actually called never happened. It just started going sideways, the match. And I was just watching and watching and watching, and it just kept on going. And so finally I said, you know what, dude? I'm not doing this. Okay? And I told my, I told the guys, and I said, we don't need to do this, really, and get ourselves hurt. It was just not a good safe. I did not feel safe. They said they were going to stay and try to finish it off. And mm-hmm. I said, no way. And I left. I walked out of the match, you know, and, and I, I took wow. the opportunity to walk out in the match where it's supposed to have been a work, yes, but I sh- it was a legit shoot. I left because I just it, everything was just going bad, you know. It was just going downhill so fast, and I just didn't feel safe. And I walked back, and as I got to Gorilla, I saw the promoter, and the promoter standing there, and I said, "Hey, I'm sorry. I don't want to do this." I don't feel comfortable. Wow, that's crazy. And he looked at me. He didn't even say anything. He agreed with me. Uh-huh. He goes, this is the worst shit I ever put together. That's what he said. <laughs> and, I, and that was it. And then the match kind of ended it solely after that. And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible because, I mean, I never want to be put in a position where I, 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 could, I could potentially get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I, and I know, like I said, I, I got in there for a few seconds and I, it just everything felt so wrong. Mm-hmm. And it looked like everything, and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna freaking take a single ball cane because he's, you know, he's swinging it wildly. I don't know if he's seeing <laughs> double, okay? Uh, uh-huh. And it just, yeah, it just nothing clicked right. And you know, and 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 and, and I don't want anybody to take this negative because I'm not talking bad about any of them. It was just the predicament we were put in at the stage at that in their in their, in their careers and their lives, and it wasn't a safe place to be in. It had a lot of potentials to somebody get hurt. Right, right, and uh, and that's you know I walked out, and the promoter wasn't—he wasn't even angry at me. He he he, he was like, "No, I, hey, listen, I, I I wish I never put this to, uh, this thing together." Did you speak to to New Jack Sandman or just Incredible after the match? No, not at all. I mean, uh, I think Sandman left shortly after after the match. Uh, New Jack was in the back, and I you know I thanked him. You know, you just we shake hands. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think New Jack was a total professional. Okay. He was super cool. Like I, I, in the back, he was just like really cool, really, really cool, like cool dude. I didn't see Justin Incredible, so I don't know if he left or not. It was just that it was just, and, and again, I again, I want to talk. I'm not talking bad about them at all. It was just a situation. Just that it was not just, the right situation. It, yeah, it was not. It was never. It shouldn't. We should never had that match. It should never have been like that. The promoter agreed. He, he said, I, I, I wish I never put this thing together. And it just, 
it was a, a moment in my career that I was just very happy that I got myself away from it. You know, your relationship with Anthony Cole, the owner and CEO of BCW, is very close. You know, yeah. you mentioned earlier how he gave you the creative freedom to really build out the sexy, sane character and the definition of authority character and put it over. And he's also giving you a lot of trust to introduce a new faction into yeah. the roster. Um, and now, you know, learning a lot more about your history in your nine plus year career, I could mm-hmm. see why you have been selected as a leader to the to mentor the young group of Dominic De Niro, Chris Barton, and Rick Recon. Um, yeah. Fill us in how it all came about, you know, because we hear about the Delhi Scene Squad taking over promotion to promotion and being, you know, muscling their way in. But let's start back to the inception. Like, whose idea was it? Um, how, how, why these guys out of everybody who you could could have picked? You know, you know, it started where uh, Anthony Cole. Like, I'm, I'm actually the last original from the very beginning. BCW member of the roster. So I'm the last surviving one since the company first started. I've been there since the door, then day one since the doors open. When I remember I was approached by the bookers previously, you know, from the bookers that are now there, they said, you know, hey, we want to bring you in. We want you to be this sexy Shawn Michaels type character that will put you in the mid to upper card and have you in there and have you always, you know, ready to be thrown into some storyline. So, that's always been my part. And then I was always the entertainment guy. Yeah. I was always have the entertaining matches. And I'm very grateful that uh, we, we, we talked, we, me and you talked about it. And I was talking about it with other people and, you know, even from BCW. And I said, every match that ever was ever given to me, I either met the expectation or excelled the expectations of it. And then they put me against tons of guys. They put me, I got a lot of times they put me against, you know, gimmick guys. They put me against legends. They put me against RH guys. I was in a, in a, on a roll with basically RH guys for a while. I remember having a fantastic match with uh, Kurt Stalling, who's now signed with the Evolve. Mm-hmm. And um, Anthony Cole, at, at one point, you know, just started calling me up and, you know, just picking my brain. Hey, what do you think of this? And I think of that. So we started to build that relationship from talent promoter, you know, into like more of a friendship, you know, and more of a trust. Our trust started building, you know, more from there. He always had a trust in me as a performer. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was his employee, you know what I'm saying? We right. never, you know, we never crossed lines. I would see him, how you doing, boss, shake hands. We shoot, the, you know, shoot the breeze, but that was it. It was always, you know, he was my promoter. He was my boss. I was, you know, I was his employee. And that's where, you know, we kind of left it. So when he was started calling me and asking me and picking my brains about stuff on there, I was, you know, so, hey, I think this is good. They're not good. That's where we build the relationship. And then from there, we just, you know, we started moving on. He would always call me for stuff. And then I said to him one day, I said, listen, you know, um, you know, he's been, he's always talking about taking BCW to a new level, to a new level. Yeah. Well, what can we do different? And I said, well, we don't have any really homegrown talent other than myself, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I said, we have no actual, any, anybody that we're building from the inside. You know what I'm saying? So why don't we build somebody? Why don't we build a faction? And then now you talked about Dragon Ball Z. There's no bigger fan and bigger mark for Dragon Ball Z than Anthony Cole. <laughs> if you went to the man's house, he legit has all the videos, all the DVDs, really? the characters. Yes, he has this line for Dragon Ball Z. So wow. that's why 
when I became the sexy saying, trust me, he absolutely mocked out and loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah, he loved it, jumped on it. So I said to myself, so, okay, cool. so we're doing, I'm doing very well in a sense that's a sexy saying. I'm going to evolve and stuff like that. So why don't we, why don't we create a faction? He goes, okay. And then he goes, you know what? I've been thinking about that. I said, okay. And then we, you know, we, we shot ideas to each other. And I said, well, I was thinking about, you know, in a homegrown faction. And we call ourselves the Deadly Saiyan Squad. And his eyes just blew up. Mm-hmm. He goes, are you kidding me? That's exactly what I was thinking. So, <laughs> so we were on the same page. Yeah. And I remember the East Coast Syndicate, who are my East Coast Saiyans, uh, Dominic uh, De Niro and Chris Barton. They were, they were, I remember them being brought up. I know Anthony called me up and said, what do you think of these guys? Now, I have seen them before. And I said, he goes, I want to bring them in because I want to give them an opportunity. And I said, no problem. And they were always around because we would rent the ring a good portion of time from FTW. Right. And they're students from FTW Wrestling Academy, which I want to, you know, shout out to the FTW Wrestling Academy. I was, uh, I trained there also. A good six months with Matt Stryker, who I believe did an awesome job with me, uh, teaching me how to perform in the ring as a heel in a lot of different ways. So that was a great time I spent there. A good, you know, a good portion, you know, a good time I spent there. But uh, they were always around. They were set up the ring. So I said, you know, he told me he said he was trying to bring them in. I said, okay, cool. And he and Anthony said, keep, you know, keep watch the matches for me and let me know what you think. And I said, no, they're good. They have a lot of potential. They're, you know, they're young boys and, and, you know, and they, you know, I, I just saw, you know, I told myself, I, I saw a lot of potential in them. Yeah. And then, uh, Rick, 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 I did not bring in, uh, I know he was brought in, uh, but the second round I had brought him back. So when we were thinking of members, I said, I said Anthony thought just naming guys and he was naming main talent. Right. Okay. And I said, no, 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 no. No, I don't want to go that route. I said, what do you mean? I said, let's get guys who are young and hungry. Mm-hmm. And I said, who are you thinking about, Jaden? And the first, the first three people I mentioned, I said, I want the East Coast Syndicate, Dominic Darrow, Chris Barton, and I want Rick Recon. And he looked at me at first, and I gave me that look. He goes, okay, because it was an odd pairing. He didn't right, see right. It. Yeah, he didn't see it. And I said, I said, trust me on this. I, it's going to create, we're going to create magic with this. And he does have trust in me. And he said, okay. I said, I, you know, let's just run with it. So we approached them and we started working it. We started working it. We started working the gimmick and we brought the scouters and we started putting out the promos. And we, you know, our goal was to be this badass takeover faction, just like the actual scenes of the Dragon Ball Z. Because mm-hmm. if you look at their thing, they're, 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 they derive from, being warriors they divide them on fighting and taking over that's what they do they used to go around to different universes and take over so we said we're going to do that same thing but we're going to take over wrestling promotion and we saw you know we saw how slowly but surely start to take off and and it's been it's been uh, it's been getting over majorly uh we're working and we're working a big angle in bwf we've worked an angle with law which we just had a blow over match and bcw we're more than over. I Absolutely. Mean, I remember yeah, being in commentary uh, for yeah. anniversary and it was such a great moment because, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the show before, but being in commentary and then seeing you guys go through that curtain, the pop 
that we heard yeah. from the crowd was something that a lot of people did not expect. One uh, from the believers um, who believed in you and the Delhi Saints squad, it was like a moment of like, yes, this is freaking awesome. You know, the people mm-hmm. are behind it. I'm not the only one. This is so cool. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs kind of, kind of moment for the believers. Yeah. For the non-believers, um, the, it was like, holy shit really like there is people invested in this team and it's like yeah there is um and it was a great moment for you guys and it was i I still remember you know on commentary saying for those of you who do not believe in the deadly saiyan squad listen to the crowd right now because you today will be a believer yes and thank you for that (laughs) Uh, i mean and uh at the bcw uh second anniversary that really hit home for us because when we came out and I don't what a match, to, bro! Oh that, my gosh, that, that was a crazy match. And, but I wanted to come out. I mean, man, I wanted to come out. And you know me, I'm the constant. You know, I'm the constant guy who's thinking about how we're gonna how we're gonna please the crowd, right? Yeah. So I said, you know what? I started to think. I said, I don't want to come out just deadly change blow with scouters. I want to come out and you know, rest with something different that that nobody. I'm not saying nobody has seen before because they have to. They've seen it. But haven't seen, I guess, and it'll be like a shock value. Whoa, I know what that is. I haven't seen that in a while. Right. So I, I said to myself, I said, you know what? I talked to the squad. I said, why don't we come out as the five deadly venoms? And they're all martial arts fans, so they knew what it was. <laughs> and yeah, so like, okay, cool, you know? And um, we, I, I, I contacted uh, a lady named Elizabeth Mena and Ivan uh, Aldone, and they, they, which they ended up being huge Deadly Saints, uh, Deadly Saints Squad fans. Uh-huh. And they they actually replicated the mask because when I looked up the mask, they were like going for 200 each mask. No like, way, really? Mask. Yeah, it was wow. insane. So yeah, I contacted them because I know they do stuff like that. And I said, hey, can you replicate these masks? And they, you know, we finished a short. And lo and behold, they did. They built some masks and they, they painted them and they made the scorpion and the toad. You know, and and it just it even created a separate mask for the Queen saying the Queen heel Nia Kennedy. They made her a customized mask, which was awesome. And when we came out through that curtain, like you said, and we had those masks, it just gave us that that extra oomph, you know. And when I heard that crowd pop, I was like, yes, we have them <laughs> in our head. Yeah, we have them. I told them guys, I said, guys, suck this in. This is awesome. They were yeah. crazy. And that yeah. match was absolutely insane. It was, was wild. One of the top matches of the night. It was wild. And, and that was great. And I thank the legendary action wrestling guys for working that angle and working that storyline with us. Going back to the, to the Delhi Saints squad, uh, I'm very proud. I'm very proud of Chris, uh, Chris Barton, Dominic Guerrero, Rick, Rick Recon. Rick Recon was not even a Dragon Ball Z fan. Okay. But Rick actually started, he knew a Dragon Ball Z. He started doing his research mm-hmm. when he joined the Delhi Saiyan squad and he became a fucking fan right away. You know, just like he loved it. He would watch it. He started talking about it and he was just, he was, he became a student of it, which I, which I love. I, I love that, you know, his passion for it and he got on there. And um, they're great guys. They really, really are. Like I said, the, the East Coast Saints, the East Coast, as you know, everybody knows them as the East Coast Syndicate. Mm-hmm. They have tons of potential. They, I, I, future stars, definitely. Absolutely. And any promotion they're going to be. Rick is another one. Great, the Cyborg Sane. 
uh, he, he, I think he you also pick great people with a great work ethic too. Yes. They, they, they definitely know they'll have no problem putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick, I love Rick because he's like me. He believes in the gimmick. You know, he knows that, you know, he has his ring style to him. He could work in that ring, but he can sell that sideboard saying, yeah, when he comes out, he has a presentation. And I always say this to the younger guys. And anybody coming to wrestling, wrestling is 50% work and 50% gimmick. You need the presentation. You need that appeal. What's going to draw the fans to you? And when Rick comes out, he has the shoulder pad. He has the scouter. He looks like a cyborg saying, yeah. ready to kill somebody. And I love that from him. And he, he's going to be, and I, and my, I know he's going to be very successful down the line. All, all the guys are going to be very successful down the line. So, Including Hollywood. I, Oh, then we, <laughs> let's, let's bring our co host of a shot of wrestling. Team. Mark Schwann, let's, let's get a little history on Mark. Mark was brought in through Frankie Flo, uh, and he brought him into the legendary action wrestling. And Frankie was going to use him and train, you know, and you see what his, how good he was, where he could fit in. So he was using it. And I remember, he, I remember asking Frankie, he said, Hey, Frankie, give him to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let me see if I could do something with him. And Frankie said, go ahead. And uh, Mark has been a phenomenal, just like you guys. Uh, I remember, you know, like I, just like, I, like I spoke to you, you guys, I spoke to Mark. I said, Mark, I will, I, will, I will share my knowledge and help you as best I can if you follow this rule. It's a shut up, listen, and shut the fuck up. That's it. That's all you need to do. Yep. And you guys did it. And, I, and you know, it's an old school thing. Just shut up and listen. Don't say anything. And soak it in. And Mark's been absolutely phenomenal. He, I asked, I remember approaching you because I can I put Mark and try him out in the podcast? Him and Michael J. Putty are killing it right now. Yeah. Killing it together. Sure and when you throw the green man into the mix, it's absolute magic. It's absolute magic. I'm not telling you people, if you're not listening to a shot of wrestling or this is your first time, or you're an avid listener, but you don't listen enough then you need to go back to past episodes and listen to the Green Man, listen to Mark Schwann, listen to Michael J. Putty, the magic they create that I want, it, I want to hear you guys like every morning, have your own wrestling show and a, a, a morning talk show every morning. Because Don't put that in my good. head. Don't put that in hey, my head. <laughs> hey, I think it has to happen. You guys are that good. And again, I thank you guys for being so humble that you like, look at me as a mentor. But I, you, I see so much talent in you guys. And Mark has been awesome. He's been progressing. He's taking bumps. He goddamn Frankie Flo punched him in the head. You know, oh, that was great. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> he took it like a champ. Yeah, he took it like <laughs> a champ. He is not afraid, Mark. He always and he's always he asks questions. He learns. He's humble. Well, he's he a train actor and he's a black belt. So uh, yeah. I think he was made for this business. Oh, he definitely was. <laughs> he's definitely Hollywood. He's definitely the Hollywood fan, uh, along with Naya. And we, we, we have a, a pretty group, nifty group right now. You know, and where we go from here, we don't know. But I know I can tell the fans right now, and you guys been seeing the vignettes out there, there is an evolution coming. There is an evolution mm-hmm. coming for the Deadly Singing Squad. And, you the know, dark and, days and, are coming. Yeah, and it starts. <laughs> just look up the word, people. Satsujin. And then but we'll go from there. And we'll go from there. Well, like we always say, the best yeah. is yet to come. Um but before we head out, um, if people want to continue to follow this, the evolution of Eric Jaden, where could we follow you on social media? All right. So I'm in the top three social media sites. You can definitely find me, Eric Jaden, on Facebook, 
You can follow me on Twitter at bad guy sexiness, excuse me. And you can follow me on Twitter at follow the bad guy. We also have the Deadly Scene Squad page on Facebook, so you can follow us there and see where we are going to be performing next on there. Uh, you'll always catch me on Brie Combination Wrestling. I'm one of the mainstays. And you'll also catch me on Legendary Action Wrestling. Those are my two mainstay companies here. And I always post my wrestling schedule. Uh, I have a lot of bookings coming up, so just check my page. I always let, I'll let the, the fans know where I'm going to be performing next. And I want to thank you, Green Man, Abel, for giving me this opportunity. And I want to thank you again, you and Mike, and uh, for that first time we met each other and, and how we connected yeah. and how you allow me to help you guys. And trust me, like, you don't understand. That means so much to me because you guys put a lot of faith in me. So I, a lot of, again, you guys heard a lot from Eric Jade and Eric Avilas right now, but we I have a very strong connection to the shot of wrestling because I, I you know, I wanted to help see that, that brand grow. And you'll see me. I'll wear all the gear, and I model it, and I post it, you know, and I'm always putting out, you know, a shot of wrestling, a shot of wrestling, a shot of wrestling, because I believe in it. So if you're listening to this interview, thank you. But I also want you to continue following a shot of wrestling, because this is the future. You will be seeing a shot of wrestling in the future at a grander stage. And our goal is hopefully to be in, uh, in satellite radio. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's it's our main goal. It's still there. They're still there. That's one of our main goals. And but I would like to see Green Man, Abel Villamar, Michael J. Putty, okay, Mike Goldadice, and Mark Schwann, Hollywood Hollywood uh, Mark Schwann, also develop into hopefully getting opportunities in big promotion as commentators. So and I I see that happening. I do. So folks, follow a shot of wrestling. You're not gonna go wrong. This is actually one of the top rising and best podcast you will ever listen to. Well, with that endorsement, I mean, you really didn't leave much for me to say, but thank you, Eric Jaden, for joining us. Um, thank you. I'm sure we'll see you very soon. Before you go, Michael J. Putty, Mark Schwann are going to take care of some news and some Raw and SmackDown cheers and heels, but we're going to have last call with you. You're up for that? I'm up for it. Let's do it. All right, baby. If you want more shots of Eric James, stay tuned to the end of the show for Last Call. It's in the news with Michael J. Putty. Yeah, great catching up with Eric Jane. Good job, Eric. Thank you for your time. Love Always. you, Eric. I could listen to him talk all day. Full of knowledge. Dude, he really is. He's taught me so much. More than I would, yeah, absolutely. No joke. Yeah, talk about it. what has he what has he taught you? He's taught me time you guys been together. He he's taught me so much just about the wrestling business in general, uh the psychology behind it. Um just you know, he's the the, the locker room etiquette. Yeah, it's a big one. That's a big one. Um he's just he's taught me so much. He he has a lot of wisdom. He's very old school. You know, mm-hmm. about like the, it's all about the character. It's all about, you know, just um it really is about character and story, it's storytelling, really, yeah. and, and that's what he's really all about. And I, I and I love that, and I've, I've learned so much from him, and uh, and from Nia Kennedy as well. And happy birthday, by the way! Happy birthday to her, the Queen. I've learned a lot from everyone from from the from the squad, from the East Coast uh, Sands or whatever uh, you want to call them, the East Coast Syndicate, Dom and Chris. I've learned from Rick, from Rick Regan. 
And myself? Yeah, honey, sure. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the news. Brock Lesnar has decided to not return to the MMA and is officially retired, according to ESPN. Kind of a surprise there. The rumor was he's going to fight Daniel Cormier in either the summer or fall of 2019. But Dana White said that fight was never happening. Yeah, but he, Brock Lesnar got into the octagon and pushed him. And they, they, they hit, cut a mini promo. But something happened with him. I don't really follow UFC, but something happened with, uh, with that dude as well. Daniel Cormier? Yeah. Yeah, he's getting older. He wants to retire. But the big thing was this big match was a dream match, apparently. I don't want to follow UFC too closely either. Well, so is Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar, but who knows if that's going to happen. You know, I mean... Is that a dream match? For Matt Riddle. <laughs> but yeah, Undertaker and Sting, that's a dream match, but that's never going to happen. You know, they're, they're dream matches that are just never going to happen. People just got to... They have to get over it. Dana White told ESPN, we're going to go in a different direction with Cormier now. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But didn't something happen with, like, the drug testing with Brock Lesnar as well? Yeah, I've talked about it. We've been following that story closely. He failed the drug test. His his last UFC win got overturned, and he was suspended for a year. Right, but something recently happened with the drug test. That I don't know about. Like, he was... I think he was... He retired to avoid it or something like that? I, I might be time. spreading a rumor right years, now. A couple years ago, he did. That was a thing. But I think right now... That I don't know. Maybe. We'll find out more in the week coming ahead. I heard something about with that in the drug test. But those drug tests don't matter in Saudi Arabia... Nope. Brock Lesnar's coming back, along with The Undertaker and Goldberg. They will part of the next event in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Did you hear about the rumor about Bill Goldberg? About how he was signed just to avoid going to AEW again? Um, well, yeah, that's part of it. But I heard there's a rumor that he's going to take the WWE World Heavyweight Championship away from Kofi Kingston. Uh, no. No. That's what Saudi Arabia wants. Apparently, they'll get... And it's going to lead to a match at SummerSlam for the belt against Brock Lesnar. No way. Come on. This is what I'm hearing. This is a rumor. Rumor has it. I have, to, I have to say, it's just a rumor. Oh, it's a horrible rumor. I hope it's not true. Please don't be true. Kofi Kingston deserves a good run. Do, do Saudi Arabia not like black people? Are they racist over <laughs> I there? I don't know. Well, well, Goldberg... I mean, Goldberg is obviously a bigger name than Kofi Kingston in WWE history. I really heard the rumor was Brock Lesnar against Goldberg, but I don't want to see that either. No, I'm over that. I've o- I've always been over that. Well, I've been always been over Brock Lesnar and Goldberg either. So this is kind of a waste of our time. I mean, I, you know, they just they just never really had good chemistry in the ring together. No, they did not. I, I just never saw that appeal. I mean, I, I guess you know you see them separately in, the, in all the accomplishments, all the accomplishments that they've had. Like, okay, cool. That that could be a good match. No. It really isn't. They, they, we've seen them how many times wrestle each other? Three, four times? Four times, I think, yeah. No chemistry. None. None. I don't know if it's their egos or, or whatever it is, but it, it, it's not entertaining. Nope. By any means. I feel like a lot of fans, they don't want to see it. They, I, they even threw Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 20. It didn't mm-hmm. help at all. I mean, not for nothing. Well, that match, I mean, that match is, is just different for so many reasons because, like, you know, the fans knew that they were both leaving. They knew Brock Lesnar. That was kind of the. Uh... Really, the origination of the dirt sheets when the fans kind of got smart. Yeah, them. no, yeah, I would agree with that because it, what Brock Lesnar was going to, uh, NFL and Goldberg yeah. was just done. He was retiring. Yeah. He was retiring, right? And fans knew that about both, and they just shit in the match. That was and the also, first time I remember fans knew what was going on. Yeah, and also both of them didn't really do much to help that match. Nope, they didn't give a fuck. Both, they, either one of them because they were both out. What, what, what did they care? Did you agree that he's being signed to avoid going to AEW? Absolutely. Because I, I actually, honestly, I thought AEW already signed Bill Goldberg. Uh, 
because I thought that was one of their first announcements that they made. Really, I didn't get that. Um, oh, or, or they were looking into it. I don't know. Maybe like I looked over it again. Is Goldberg still a draw though. Like would Goldberg draw? Goldberg is still a draw. Yeah. No. I've never been a huge Goldberg fan. Either I, so I don't know. Um, but Goldberg draws a lot of people. There's a lot of Bill Goldberg fans, and yeah, no, absolutely, that would be a big draw for AEW. That's a big signing. We know the news. Vince McMahon is reportedly committed to reinvigorating Bray Wyatt's career and his character. I dig it with a new Firefly Funhouse thing. I totally dig it, man. People don't agree with you because people behind the scenes are very skeptical about it. But Vince himself allegedly vows to make this gimmick work with eventually Bray turning into like a darker, more disturbing character than he was like before, I guess. It's very disturbing. Are you seeing these vignettes, these promos? Okay. When it first debuted two weeks ago, right? Yeah. When we were off? Yeah. I went to bed early. I was fucking tired. And Raw sucks. So I wake up the next day and I see a video of, and I see the clip of this. Mm-hmm. I knew it was Bray Wyatt. Oh, dude, my jaw was to the floor. Yeah. We knew it was leading towards Bray Wyatt. I didn't know it was going to be fucking Pee Wee Herman, Bray Wyatt. But I actually watched the clip. It's like Blue's Clues, yeah. Pee Wee Herman-esque, yeah. And then you see the darkness of it. Like, this, like oh, shit, there's just a potential of being fucking badass. It's creepy as hell. And it's awesome. It's I'm loving it. I'm surprised I say it, because it sounds so stupid when you explain it to people. But I'm loving it. It's fantastic. It's like um, Jim Carrey in that show Kidding on Showtime. Yeah. It, Great it's, show, by the way. Check it out. It, it's but it's Bray Wyatt doing it, and it's and he shows more personality. He's not this fucking boring, drawn like he's got he's got a lot of range. Charisma is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, he has he he's definitely not shy of charisma. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, but you also see that that you see that dark side. Like you know, he's like yeah, you know, I used to be a bad man. And you see that, just that look, that little tingle in his eye. Like dude, well, you're still fucked up. He loves to talk about painting and how cool it is, and then he paints a burned down shed. Right. With this. Sister Abigail, I guess, in the window. Right. Oh man. And it, do you see? Um, he so Luke Harper. I, I don't know if you're getting into this. So Luke Harper. Oh. Apparently, they're not going to grant his release. Nope. So Bray Wyatt wants Luke Harper apparently to be involved in this. He should funhouse. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. I, I think that would work. Who do you give credit to, Vince McMahon or Bray Wyatt? I mean, you got to get to both. That's a man for thinking of this concept and Bray Wyatt from executing it. It's such an out-of-the-box concept. It really is. It's, it's, it's bright colors, fun it's a characters, bo- great great theme song. Right. But yet it's... <laughs> it's a bold move. It's fucked. It's dark. It's a bold move. But bold. with Bray Wyatt, like, you, you got to give kudos to him because Vince McMahon could give this to anyone and it could fail. So. I don't think so. Like, you picture giving this to... A wrestler with like no personality. I don't know. Name someone, but Bray Wyatt is making it work. I think that's the main thing. Like it's all Bray Wyatt on this. Yeah, great job. Also being reported that one main difference between this Bray Wyatt and the other Bray Wyatt, the old Bray Wyatt, this time around he's going to be pushed stronger. Actually, like in the ring, that's a legit threat and like a badass. So because he had no real main storyline or feud as a Bray Wyatt, he- and he's. He, always got his ass handed to him. He did, but yeah, he did get always get his handed to him. I I, I love. I hate to cut you off. The quote was, "I found it. Why is going to be made to look unstoppable as a physical standpoint?" So, oh man, I love that. So, I mean, that's interesting because you know what? he is a freak. If you think about it, I mean, he's got for a guy his size, he's very fast. He's very agile. Well, when he was Husky Harris, his his moniker was uh, oh a, a Ferrari uh, a tank with a Ferrari engine. Yeah. And but it's it's, it's it's true though that's what he is basically yeah 
he's phenomenal what he does inside the ring and with his character. I mean, there's there's no reason why Bray Wyatt can't be a world heavyweight champion for more than three weeks. For more than three <laughs> weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't wait to see what happens. What do you think he debuts? Uh, I don't know. I, I one would I if I were if okay if if I were to do it. So we have what we have one more week for Money in the Bank. Yeah, it's too soon for that. I I would I would do it like if whoever wins Money in the Bank, I would do it during the cash in. But you gotta think when they do this vignettes type stuff, we're gonna see a couple more weeks of these vignettes, and then probably the Funhouse like will be on the stage and he'll do a live Firefly Funhouse. That's when it starts leading to sort of feud and maybe yeah. Maybe maybe that's what you do. You maybe you do a live fun house at Money in a Bank. I think it's still too soon for that. You still think so? Yeah. Well why not? Keep you updated. Yeah. In other news, Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, a good friend of the show, revealed the word going around backstage is that Leo Rush's heat is so bad that he'll probably be head back to NXT. Apparently, I'm, apparently he's a polarizing figure backstage. I've heard like he might get fired. <laughs> I mean him going to NXT might help him. He can't get fired. He's too good. I mean, we, we, I've known him from the indie scene before he got signed, and he's fantastic. He's being, I think he's being underutilized in the E. People have said that about many people, though. I mean, you look at, Touché. I mean, look at Sasha Banks right now. I mean, she's phenomenal in the ring, but like she's too big for her own britches, though. I mean, but then again, that's our, that's her own doing. But you know, Leo Rush. Do you know what happened? He was, he was giving advice by older talent. Yeah, and he's brushing them off. And he, he allegedly, allegedly, he went to management to complain about it. Right. Come on, you don't you don't do that. Which makes him look even worse. And I, I've heard like talent talk about it. Chris Jericho talked about it. Mark Henry talked about it. You know, if these reports are true, I mean, Mark Henry said it himself, like, what, you're better than The Rock? The Rock even did this. Mm. You know, which is a great point. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone in this business is better than The Rock. Triple H. But even so, Triple H did it with, D, uh, with DX. Oh. I'm saying they, they've, they've all paid their dues. Uh, you know, for anyone to come into WWE and think that they're right away, they're hot shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be these veterans in the back to tell you otherwise. If there's one thing I've learned about professional wrestling, being a manager and being a, oh, being a hype man in this business, I've learned right away this industry is solely founded on respect and tradition. I would love for JBL to be around now. Oh, my God. JBL would kill this guy. Because you hear the stories of what The Miz went through. Right. And all the shit he had to go through just from JBL himself. Right. You know how many times he got kicked out of the locker room? Well, look at Enzo Amore. Enzo Amore kind of had the, the same type of shit, and he was fired. For different reasons. I mean, Enzo Amore was also a little bit over the top, but, you know, yeah, I, I... Legal trouble. No, that, was the, I, well, that was like the final nail on the straw yeah. there was the legal I think, trouble I think there. more that was the excuse. Yeah, pretty much. But, like, you know, like, professional wrestling, they take that shit so seriously. I mean, the thing is, like, when you're a newcomer in any promotion, the first thing you have to do is you have to shake everyone's hand. Yep. Our guest this week, Eric Jane, told me that. Right. Yeah. And if you don't, you're a dick. Yep. If you miss someone, you're a dick. Yeah. Like, I've seen it before. Like, someone just didn't say hi to people, and he was just, like, standing in the corner. Like, you know, people were saying, like, oh, who's that fucking asshole? Who's that guy who thinks better than everyone? Like, he's not going to say hello to us? Like, shit talks, like, real fast in the backstage area. And WWE, is, it's no different. Especially these veterans, they'll, they'll tell you what's up. And for Leo Rush, if this is true, if he's brushing this off and thinking that he's top shit right away, he should honestly know better. Apparently, in an interview, he's claiming an unnamed employee wants him fired, saying, and I quote, someone who works for the WWE who has hated me since the days of ROH. Now that they work for the WWE, they're 
leaking false information to get me fired. Which could be true as well. That's why I keep saying the words allegedly. Because it's so believable. I because, guess, right? yeah, I mean, there... But if it, is, if it is true, that's fucked up. This guy's trying to badmouth him. Yeah. Right. It could be true because, you know, there's a lot of, not even just pro wrestling, but in, in entertainment in general, there are people that just don't like each other. And if someone gets a heads up on someone, they'll use that power to get that person fired. But if what Leo Rush is saying is true, I mean, they've kept him off TV for two weeks now. Bring him back to NXT. Give him some TV time. Let him earn his spot. Let him uh, vindicate himself. But you know what, though? Honestly, what Leo Rush has done for Bobby Lashley has been huge. Yeah. You know, Bobby so Lashley can't talk. Bobby Lashley really can't talk. I mean, that was always a big knock on Bobby Lashley is the fact that he's boring. Mm-hmm. He's phenomenal to look at. He's a, hu- he's a huge talent, and he, he can perform in the ring, but you know, the dude can't really cut a promo. Leo Rush helped him with that. Much like Paul Heyman did with Brock Lesnar. Right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. But in a different way, of course. But, you know, I, I don't know what's going to become of Leo Rush. Will he go to NXT? Will he get fired? Is this just a temporary thing until they figure it out? Who knows? I don't think he'll get fired. I think he's on thin ice, man. I think yeah. it takes one mess up. If he messes up once, I think he's gone. We'll see what happens. We'll keep you updated. You know, the news, Jeff Hardy announced on the official YouTube of WWE that he'd be out six to nine months for surgery. It's a long time. There's like a trend going on with the Hardys. Like, they'll win the tag team yeah. championships at WrestleMania. And then Jeff Hardy will get injured, and they have to drop the belts. And Matt Hardy will start a single career. Apparently, he knew his whole right knee needed to be repaired for like four years now. Four years? Yeah, putting it off. My God. So that's not, that's not him. Yeah. So that sucks. But Matt Hardy, apparently, he's, he's going to bring back the... Um, broken gimmick? No, not the broken gimmick. There's uh, What's Walking that? One? What's that? The Walking gimmick? What's that? What's, uh, Version uh, 1? No. What's the, what's the one that he yeah. never used in WWE yet, but he used in like ROH and TNA? Yeah, Broken. Not Broken. He's, he used Broken in WWE, but... No, he used Woken. Yeah, but that was a version of Broken. Yeah, that's the only character I know of. No, but there's... Um... I just waste my time. Let's get the fuck out of the news. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> we are guilty of paying for the WWE Network for nine ninety nine a month. Well, apparently it's been confirmed big changes are coming in 2019. Co-president George Barrios noted that their team has been working on a new platform for over a year which will be released in the next coming months. And to quote, the relaunch will include new features fans have been asking for for a while now, although they didn't specify what those features will be. What features? I don't I don't know. What have you been asking for? Nothing. Sunny nudes? I got those. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, the East sent out a survey to gauge interest. and uh, They did something. It was like something with like impact, wasn't it? With indies? Yeah, the indies thing. That's what it was, yeah. If you pay $15 a month, you get more content, features, and perks. Mm. Oh, the perks was like maybe voting for the Hall of Fame or voting on this and that. Oh, God. They're going to vote in the Hall of Fame? No, don't. don't that was do one of the options. I don't know oh, if God. they confirmed that because they're not telling us what we're fucking paying for. Mm. We just talked about before the show started how me and you both pay for the network, but we don't utilize the content at all. Right. No. We just watch the pay-per-views. Right. And the replays every week during the show. But there's so much content on the show, on the network to watch. I wish I could have time to watch it. Right. So are you willing to pay more? For more content that you don't watch? Not really. I mean, but then again, like, you know, there, there are more, I don't know, I dare say hardcore fans, but there, there are people, I guess, that have more of a life than I do that uh, can't afford their time to watch the yeah. stuff in WWE Network. I, I unfortunately, dude, I really, I just really don't have the time of day to do much. My life is like suffocated with work and right now my wedding stuff, as you yeah. mentioned earlier. Wedding plan, yeah. Um, but no, I, I always have something to do. I don't really get to watch much TV. Cause you're making TV. Ayo. Ayo, I am. In movies. 
Let's refill our drinks, then we'll come back. Talk about some Raw and SmackDown. A shot of wrestling prison. Here and here. Let's start with Raw. First, we're going to big heel them announcing the participants of the Money in the Bank ladder match instead of them earning their spots. They've done them in the previous years. Like Bobby Roode just beat Ricochet last week, and now Ricochet's in the Money in the Bank? Right, exactly. Like, why isn't Robert Roode? Makes no sense. See, now, if, if I'm booking the show right now, like, what I would do is, like, uh, to keep it interesting, to keep it fresh. Yes. Right? To th- throw a swerve to the fans. Like, yeah, we do the announcements. We're like, oh, shit, what's going on? But give the people the opportunity to beat these people before. Have it next oh. week in Raw. Okay. Or this coming week in Raw. Give them the opportunity. If they win, whoever wins that match goes to Money in the Bank. I like that. It makes more sense. Right? Thank you. This is some, if I'm booking the show, of course. I'm going to heal that Uso revival segment. Like, huh? What? 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 What's, what's this? What? What? What's this going towards? Why are we... It was weird. It, wasn't, it didn't come off well. No, it didn't. Like it, the the revival's getting like like they're getting all these offers from WWE for what for this for more of this. I heard they turned down five hundred million, five hundred thousand, <laughs> five hundred million. They turned that down. Really, WWE has that much money to offer talent. I mean, they do. <laughs> no, not to offer that much. Five hundred thousand dollars. Could this be like a punishment of some sort? I I don't know, but obviously, I mean, this is going to lead to some sort of uh, match with them. I don't know. I, I don't know for next week what they do. Maybe the revival does some sort of uh, counter to the Usos oh, okay. next week. They record them doing some shit. Yeah, maybe uh-huh. maybe do something to Naomi. I don't know. Ooh. Ooh, nice. Like that. Right. I mean, like it just makes sense. Go down that route. Perfect. Will it. they do it? I don't know. I want to hear the whole moment of bliss segment. This came off very awkward. You do not. You do not give a heel to Alexa Bliss. I'm not healing her. The goddess. Segment was weird. People started talking, and then they cut people. They're off, and then people were talking and over other people. Like nobody knew what to say and when to say it. Yeah, no, it, it's all all awkward. I, I think that has to do with like the fact that fit, shit just got thrown in, especially with like Dana Brooke. Last minute, yeah, maybe last minute. And now Alexa Bliss. I don't necessarily know if she was originally planned to be in, but now she's in. I mean, obviously, this is probably going to lead to some sort of like tag team match at Raw for this week. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, is Sasha Banks going to come back? I think it's too late now. Right? There's talks about her possibly replacing Dana Brooke. No. If Dana she Brooke decides replaced to her. Right. Fuck that. No, Dana Brooke deserves her spot. Take care. Comb your hair. Amen. See you in AEW. All right, cheers. I mean, Sami Zayn's promos keep killing it. And I found out why it's different. He's making fun of the fans. Not calling them fat. Not calling them lazy. Not calling them stupid. Not making fun of the hometown team. He's like... Attacking them mentally. He's being very real. Yeah. Like, I feel I feel like it's kind of coming from a real place. He's not doing the cheap, cheap shtick that every heel does. He's doing... No, he's attacking the marks. Yeah, it's different. Which is the majority of the fans nowadays. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you just keep doing that. I'm surprised he's not in the Money in the Bank. That would have been cool. Or I, he's... Pro- he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he has any sort of angle going right now. Yeah, where does this lead to? Like, wh- yeah, where does it lead to? I, I like the fact that he's attacking the marks, but like, where is it going to lead to? Like, what what happens next? What, what do you do this for a storyline? You know, does it lead to him versus who? Like, I can't even think of one. Because I, I would say right off the bat, maybe Finn Balor, but Finn Balor's in SmackDown. Mm-hmm. He can't go against Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's heel. Truth. 
I, I don't know where this goes. I, I don't know how. I don't think anybody does yet. Just keep doing it until I don't know. Maybe Apollo Cruz comes out. I don't know. He's on SmackDown, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's on SmackDown. I don't even know. I can't. They keep switching. I don't know. Who would you put against Sami Zayn right now? Let us know. Inbox at wrestling dot com or six one nine three four three three zero zero five. You be the booker. Come to SmackDown. Raw sucked. Raw sucked. I like your role. Didn't they have like the lowest ratings ever? Right. Yeah. Oof. That's that's not a good sign. You can't even blame the NBA playoffs for that. Nope. Why was Michael Cole there on SmackDown? You know, I don't know. No one ever said anything about that. Why wasn't Corey Graves or Todd Grisham doing this? Why bring Michael Cole in for nothing? Well, Corey Graves was there. Yeah, but he was on the table. Why wouldn't he in the ring moder- moderating this? Why Michael Cole? I don't know. And a big heel. Kofi Kingston being the new WWE champion. What do you mean? What? He won it like almost a month ago. Like, when did he stop calling him new? He knew it a month ago. He knew it like three, four weeks ago. It was like three weeks ago. Yeah, so but he hasn't defended it still yet. Yeah, but he's still the new WWE champion. He's still new. That's not new. It's not new. By the way, can we talk about like how people are, were surprised about Kevin Owens turning okay. on Kofi Kingston? Like yeah, we missed that last week. Yeah, go for it. I mean, like really, it's Kevin Owens. I, I could have called that a mile away without my glasses. That was great. Perfect timing. It was fantastic. It, it was it. fantastic. It, it was fantastic the way they did that. It was very well done. I, now it's, I mean, it's, this week in SmackDown, it's got to lead to Kevin Owens versus Xavier Woods. That makes sense. Maybe Kofi Kingston, you know, obviously trying to like, save Xavier Woods. I, I think Kofi, um, I'm sorry, Kevin Owens takes out Xavier Woods. We're going to get a true one-on-one match. Kevin Owens versus Kofi Kingston at Money in the Bank. I love how he taped up the Big E leg action figure. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Great attention to detail. Sidebar, Manny Rose and uh, Sonya Deville. Is this leading the rumors of them breaking up have been going on for a while now. Right. Originally, Sonya Deville, I think, was supposed to be in the spot in Money in the Bank. It's interesting. Uh, it's interesting to see Mandy Rose being in that spot. Would you break them up or keep them together? It's hard to say. I, I I personally feel like Mandy Rose is going to win Money in the Bank. Really? That's your pick. That's my pick. Wow. Okay. If that's the case, they are going to break them up. I think that I don't think Mandy Rose is going to cash in right away. I yeah. think we should try to, and Sonya Deville maybe interferes, and it's going to lead to like some sort of storyline between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, which will be cool to see. But also, part of me feels like you know, with the tag team championships out there, yeah. it makes sense to keep them together. But Mandy Rose is gaining steam. It makes if you think about the Money in the Bank, champ, uh, Money in the Bank briefcase, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be interesting to see Mandy Rose have it? Absolutely, right. It makes sense for her character. And that's why I'm choosing Mandy Rose. All right, well said. NXT, I'm going to heal Velveteen Dream singing his rendition of the national anthem. Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, it was horrible. I mean, it's worse than Sober Green Man singing. Oof, I've never heard Sober Green Man sing. It just sounded like that. I've heard Drunk Green Man sing. Is it any better or worse? Or I mean, It's a little worse. Oh, God. And who's Kush- Kushida? Like, why do I care? Is he there? Kushida is a, a new signing. Yeah, Japanese guy. Yeah. I mean, thank you to the announcers for giving me some of his accolades, shining some light on this guy, but does he always dress like Marty McFly? Is that his thing? Because the announcers kept referencing Back to the Future. So is his thing Back to the Future gimmick? I don't know. Is Vince McMahon in charge of their commentary, too? Does he? I don't think so. It has nothing to do with NXT. Because <laughs> I would say, that sounds like Vince McMahon interfering there. <laughs> and, you know, they made this big deal about signing this guy, right? Right. But looking back, WWE doesn't have good track records of signing these top Japanese talents. What do you mean? I mean, they, they have uh, they had Shin, Shinsuke Nakamura. What's he done? 
I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura was in. He won the Royal Rumble. He and done nothing with it. He had exactly. a main story line for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship Never against AJ match. Styles. Never won one match. Hideo Tommy. He's won a U.S. Championship. I mean Shinsuke. Uh, yeah. Okay. And to, I mean, to a certain extent, Oscar. When she lost her undefeated streak, she was nothing then. I mean, the problem is what they're doing. I mean, these obviously the people that we that you've listed, they're phenomenal in ring talents. But you know, they're uh, they're very restrictive as far as what they could do on the mic. Talking about for a while now, you need a mouthpiece, yeah. Right, and that's uh, that obviously plays a big role here in WWE because it's sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you can't tell a story. People are going to turn to you real fast, no matter how good you are in the ring. They give like a manager or somebody. They sh- they should have. You know, that's what was great about. Remember with Yokozuna, yeah. and, and Mr. Fuji, yeah. And they also brought in eventually Jim Cornette. Cornette, yeah. And Yokozuna was. We all know Yokozuna's name. He was a monster yep. heel for WWE for how long? Wow, quite some time, and it worked. You know, the same, the same thing. I mean, Vince McMahon. Just doesn't want to use managers for whatever reason. Well, nope. they're trying different things with Drake Maverick and Leo Rush. Apparently, it doesn't look like Vince likes it. Not Robbie E down in NXT. Robbie E, exactly. I don't know. I feel like managers for these people that can't speak in the mic, and I'm not just talking about people that can't speak English very well. I'm talking about for. People Brock just Lesnar. don't feel Bobby comfortable. Lashley, yeah. yeah, don't feel comfortable speaking on a mic. It's imperative. I mean, managers have been. I'm not just saying this because I'm a manager. I'm just saying because managers, they've been around wrestling for forever. They play a great role. They they are the extension to the wrestler. They make the wrestler look that much better. They also bring attention to the match. They just there's so much that goes into it, and it just makes no sense for me why this whole art form is dying. I never got it either. I was, watching, I was watching a show where, what show was it? Where a manager kept coming out for different people. Like man, one guy didn't manage one guy. He managed like eight different, um, four different I feel people. I feel like Jim Cornette did that. Ted DiBiase did Bob, it. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan did it. Jim, uh, Jimmy Hart did it. Yeah, so it's like the lost art farm. Because now managers manage one person. Sherry Martell did it. Yeah, so I wish they'd bring that shit back. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely should. Who else would you manage? What do you mean, who else would I manage? Yeah, if you, you had your Delhi Sane squad. Who else would you manage? In WWE right now? In general. In, in these WWE... I mean, my heart's always with the Deadly Sane squad. Yeah, but you manage them already. Who would you add to your... You manage. You're talking about, like, it's past tense. Wait, am I, did I get no, no, the pink slip? Did I get fired? So like, you, so you manage them already. Didn't yeah. You manage them already. Mm-hmm. Who else would you add to your stable? I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, am I going to be real with you right now? I'll be real. Okay. I mean, my eyes are open. Okay. You know, I, I wouldn't... For the right talent, I wouldn't say no. Nice. You know, I, you, say no. you can never say never. I mean, there are guys out there that I feel like, hey, man, we could really gel well together. You know, we could do some great work. You know, but honest to God, I mean, my focus really right now is, is on the squad itself because there's so much that we have left to do. But, you know, the, the time comes when we conquer the world and there's other stuff to do. I mean, Spe- hell. Speaking of the squad... Uh- during my week off, we attended LAW. Mm-hmm. Eric Jane was nice enough to give the championship to Frankie. Give Trump. the championship? Because Give the championship? It was kind of sketchy. We out. were robbed of the championship. How about that? I, mean, that's, I wanted to try to put it nicely. With Joel Ruda, that little rat, interfering in our match. Laying his hands on Nia. Once again, he comes to the aid of Nia Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. 
What gentleman? I, I bum rushed him on the side of the ring, but you know, I took my eye off the. I took my eye off the prize there. Eric Jaden, he was out cold after that spear. His head kind of snapped back on those ring ropes pretty hard. Yeah, he, he wound up getting right? he wound up getting a concussion. He was out. It's crazy. And your Frankie Flo taking advantage of that, like the snake that he is. So no longer the LAW champion, Eric Jaden. But you know what? At least you know. I mean, yeah, fine. Eric Jaden is no longer the LAW champion, but you know what? He's still a champion in my eyes because you know he carried that belt with class. Mm-hmm. He carried it with respect. He he he. He made LAW more than what it was. I never heard of them before. Ever Jaden was champion, right? Thank you, thank you. And you know, and the fact is, you know, if Eric, Eric knew better. Eric probably could have kicked out from Frankie Flo, mm-hmm. but you know, he he knew better not to because it preserved his career. Yeah, because he is he's a savvy veteran. He's been in this business for too long. He knows when to take the L and when to fight more. And honestly, he was concussed. He was out. He was out cold. I, I knew on, on the spot, and it was scary. But he's okay. We're going to be here for BWF, for a new hope. <laughs> and TJ Marconi, he's going to be back. But trust me, we're going to keep our eyes on him for that BWF World Heavyweight Champion. That was LAW. We had a couple other shows coming up. We got Outlaw Pro Wrestling on Thursday, June 6th. Part of Joey Ryan's farewell to the Indie Store. Where is he going? AEW. I mean, people are wondering where he's going. He's going to AEW. WWE offered him a contract. Yeah, he didn't accept it. I think. I mean, do you think we want to see Joey Ryan in WWE PG era? I don't think it's going to work. Mm. See how the Cody Rhodes for me. <laughs> Saturday, May 18th, we got our boys over in ICW with presents What's the Beef featuring a last man standing match against Cage and Sammy Callahan. Ooh. Yeah, like Rich Juan, Joey Janela, Penelope Ford, my girl Scarlett Bordeaux. You love her. And then, of course, we got a new uh, new organization in the mix, Squared Circle Project, having a, having a show on July 27th up in Nyack, New York. Hey, that's not too far from me. And then one of our good friends of the show, Anthony Bowens, will be on the show. So definitely yeah, a lot of good indie shows coming up. Like I said, all the time, if you're free one weekend, there's an indie show in your neighborhood, definitely go check it out. Listen, if you've never seen an indie show, and honest to God, I was never banned. Neither was I. But, you know, it, it is really nothing but heart. Yeah. And these guys, they bust their asses in the ring for you guys, for the fans. Mm-hmm. They're not just doing storylines, scripted promos for for Meg Bigger Bucks here from like from the E or for AEW. They're doing it all in heart, and it's really cool to see live. And you watch these guys wrestle, and then afterwards hang out with them at the bar and have a drink. Right, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. And then some of these guys, some of these guys, then they wind up going to yeah. WWE and AEW, and then you can tell, sit back with your friends like, "Hey, I had a beer with that dude back when." Yep. But of course, those are in the future. Talk about the, one of the biggest shows coming up: BWF's A New Hope. And that's what I was talking about before. On May fourth, Saturday. So my East Coast boys, Chris Barton, Dominic De Niro, they're defending their BWF Tag Team Championships once again. They're going to come out, of course, on top. Because that's what they always do. I mean, past tense, because the show would have happened by the time you're listening to this. So, so that's a spoiler. There you go. I mean, man, ready for commentary? Ready to do this? I got my notes ready from Pete Rosado. I know what I'm doing. I'm watching some good old JR. You ready to do this? Well, this is this already happened, right? So I guess we we've been ready to do this. We did it. We, we did, did it. great. <laughs> we did a great job. High five. Yeah. Very nice. We killed it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Can't wait. That's all I got. Anything else you want to talk about, buddy? I have a movie 
premiering on May 16th in New York City, which I'm very excited about. Okay. Red Carpet Premiere? Red Carpet Premiere. It's going to be wonderful. Give me tickets. I don't necessarily know. I, I mean, I found out recently. It's The movie is called uh, The Last Peach of the Season. Weird name. It's an indie film, so get used to those weird names. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. That's coming out this month. What else do I have? You know, my website's completely revamped. It's got more of uh, of my wrestling stuff on there as well, along with a shot of wrestling. Awesome. That's on your favorite actor dot com. What else? That's that's my life, really. Great. Oh, I didn't get to say it. I was on the New York, New York Giants NFL draft party. Uh, how was that? Oh Eli my! Manning? See uh, anybody famous? I saw Golden Tate. I saw Antoine Bethea. I saw some defensive guys that I don't remember their names. Now, as a Jet fan, did you feel like you were in enemy territory or? No, I, I, I. Did you tell me you're a Jet fan? No, I didn't say anything about that. But it it was cool to see. I got you know Golden Tate. He's helped me win a few um, fantasy football, football championships. Nice clutch. Yeah, so it was cool to see him. But it was really cool to see the Giants make their pick at number six with Daniel Jones. Yeah, who? And just seeing all their reactions from the Giants fans, and to see even some of the players' reactions. It's awesome. Pure disappointment. It was glorious. Sorry if you're a Giants fan. <laughs> I'm not. We suffered for too long as Jets fans. It's your turn now. Suffered past tense? I mean, you're still suffering. Oh, shut your mouth, you fucking Dolphins fan. Good luck. Good congratulations, gang Josh Rosen, by Thank the you way. Top for ten, like nothing. Top 10 talent. Let's, let's call it Steel, my friend. Yeah, we'll see how he pans out with no talent on the Dolphins. I don't know what you're talking about. We're stacked. Yeah, name, name your wide receivers. Who do you have? I can name you any name you wouldn't know, so I'm not gonna. You don't even know. You don't even know your own wide receivers. I know everybody on that team. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall into your little trap. Who's your number here. one wide receiver? I'm not gonna fall into your trap here. Who's your number one wide receiver? It's an easy question. Yeah, but you don't know, so you're trying to. If, you're trying to I know. Oh no, I know. I I know everyone in the NFL. Do you? I do. No, you don't. I do. So we're talking about the BW, BWF show happening on May 4th, Big Star Wars Day. Yeah. Is that awesome? Huge. Also, how have we talked about this yet? Star Wars Day, May 4th. You ready? I am so ready. I mean, we're going to be there for a new hope. <laughs> Toyota, badass. Thank you. Oh, God. You don't, you don't think that's badass? There's so much I have to teach you. Badass, I mean, it's, I have hard. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I used, do, I used to do great Yoda, but anyway. You used to, and that's nice. <laughs> but besides May 4th, we got Revenge of the 5th. Also, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. So let's go downstairs and uh, have some more avion shots. Yeah, I'm game. Let's do this. So for Hollywood Mark Schwann and for Eric Jaden. My man. I have been your host at Mug J Party. Until next week. Party, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time I need to announce it's last, last call, call at, at the, the bar. bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it to the end of the episode, and it's last call, and we still have the sexy, sane, black Eric Jid and my brother here with me. So, Eric, it's rapid-fire questions. The first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you should answer. Are you ready? Oh, this is going to be dangerous. Let's do this. <laughs> and away we go. Who is your dream opponent? Ooh, he's passed away. That would be Hayabusa. What is the indie wrestling company that you have not wrestled for that you would like to wrestle for? Evolve. What is the worst thing you've done drunk? Uh, passed out on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Name one thing on your bucket list. Travel to Japan. What do you eat on your chite? Mac and cheese. If you were to retire tomorrow, 
who would you like to have your last match with? Kenny Omega. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite karaoke song? Every Rose Has His Dawn. Nice. Who is your celebrity crush? Ooh, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> I like that one. Have you ever hooked up with anyone in the business? Yes. Ooh. Who in the business would you like to hook up with? Right now? Right now? Right now. Charlotte Flair. Love it. I think she's taken now, so she may be uh, off the yeah. market. I'm the sexy saying. That doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Name a wrestling hold that can double as a sex position. The sleeper. Finally, who was your markout wrestler when you were growing up? Hulk Hogan. You're a Hulk Hogan fan? Big time Hogan fan. I, I was a match fan myself. Randy Savage was my <laughs> dude. Well, Eric. Hey, we, 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 were, we were the mega powers then, huh? There we go. As we are now. <laughs> yes, sir. Eric, it's a pleasure. I'm not going to say goodbye because I'm sure I'm going to see you very soon. But thank you for joining us on episode 163 of A Shot of Wrestling. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, ha, ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>